On this week's episode of The Fizz, we talk about the legendary career of Miguel Cabrera, which is coming to an end this week. From there, we move into the Ryder Cup and we talk about the U.S. chances of beating Team Europe for the first time since the 90s on European soil in Italy. We do a pumpkin-flavored snake draft that you're definitely going to want to listen to. And then from there, we talk Lions, we talk NFL, we talk Green Bay, and we talk about our bets this week. And of course, we always close with over under. But before we get into all of that, I want to talk about our main sponsor, which is Vosa, the Michigan-made RTD no-carbonation vodka water drink. This product has just hit shelves and it's taking Michigan by storm. You're gonna wanna try these out. It's six times distilled vodka, natural flavors, water, and 5% alcohol. The vodka waters have a bunch of flavors, but the one I like the most is the vodka water lemon. You're gonna wanna try these out. Like I said, Michigan made, support local. Check them out at your local store next time you're looking for a vodka RTD drink. Vosa. Enjoy the finer things. But now, let's get into the fizz. Hello and welcome to episode 118 of the Fizz. Thank you all for joining us. We are recording at 8.30 on Wednesday, September 27th. We are doing a remote show this week, but I got both the boys with me. Channy Football in all red. How we doing, Channy? We're doing great, Frank. Another great weekend of sports heading up this weekend, and we're starting off with our Lions tonight. Woo! And we got Ice Cold Brew, Lou. I'm sure he's in good spirits. How we doing, Lou? Doing great, baby. Good to be back in the action. Looking forward to a little Green Bay on Thursday night. Not only once this year, but we will see you motherfuckers again on Thanksgiving. Crazy, dude. Three Thursday night games this year. Just absolutely wild. This one I feel like I forgot about. But we're going to do the Lions a little later in the show. I actually got to stop myself right there because I'm going to get too horny. Start talking Lions. We're going to open with something different this week. Uh... Detroit Tigers. We don't talk a lot of baseball on this show because there's not much to fucking talk about. I'm repping the D here today, but let's talk about the legend, his last week in the Detroit Tigers uniform. I'm going to pass it over to Chandler to take it from here. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys saw, but he actually hit a home run tonight. Um, oh, he did? To, yeah. Yes, to top it off. <laughs> solo shot in the second inning. So um, the storybook ending I guess either begins or continues for Miguel. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of people in baseball use generational talent a lot for the players that have the five tools. Uh, Miggy is an actual generational talent, one of the greatest players of all time, and a top three Tiger of all time. 3,000-plus um, hits, 500-plus home runs, the longevity of him doing it over 20 seasons – staying so consistent throughout his whole career, even in the back half when he struggled with some injuries, still effective at most times. Um, again, an absolute generational talent. Only player 
in the last 55 years to hit for the Triple Crown. I mean, there's not enough great things you can say about him. The personality, I know he, he had some off-the-field issues, but how he represented Detroit, how he played the game, how he enjoyed, how he acted like a kid, and then the performances and the consistency and the leader that he was through all of our great teams that fell just short. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, an all-time great, and my third greatest Tiger of all time. Fuck yeah, dude. Just an absolute, like, goat. Like, remember watching him during those Triple Crown and those All-Star seasons, and it was just, he would get up to the plate, and sh pitchers would shit themselves. He looked like he was just all over the entire plate, inside, outside, didn't matter. He would hurt you. Uh, Miggy's career, nothing short of spectacular. We will probably never see anything like it in our lives again. I hope we do, but truly one of, if not arguably the greatest hitter of, um, all time. And you got to just love what the guy could do at the plate. A couple of things I had based on Miggy, like, and just listening to you Chandler talk about the longevity of his career. So number one question for you both. Um, is he, is, is he an instant statue? Like, is he getting a statue at Comerica? I think so. 100%. He's got to, right? He, he will have a statue at Comerica. I mean, he's got to be a top 25, 30 player of all time. Mm -hmm. He's yeah. got to have one there. And not only that, he's just a fan favorite, dude. Like how many times is he messing around with the guy at first base? He's making faces at kids on the first baseline or third baseline, wherever he's playing. He's just dicking around, having a good time. Like he he's, he's an awesome dude. He likes to booze. What's not to like about that? Used, <laughs> but, used to. Used to. Got a little on the hand with it. Sure, sure. There were a few things not to like. There were a few things not to like about that. I will just say there were a few things. For I sure. Hear I hear you, Lou. I ain't no pussy. Yeah, no, no, you are. It's okay, but either way, it's, <laughs> um, I think it's a no question statue. Like absolutely, one hundred percent. Okay. The other thought I was having too, and I've always thought this about Miggy, and I had a very similar thought with another goat um, in Detroit sports history is Pavel Datsuk, is if those guys could have fucking spoken English, like even mildly okay, they would have been like 10 times the star they already were, I feel like. Just like marketability and being able to like put them in commercials and put them on ads and to like have good quotes from them, like they were both very similar in my opinion, where they were unlike any other player that anyone had ever seen. They were absolutely considered one of the greatest of their sport of all time. They were both very fucking goofy, but neither of them were very marketable because they could not speak English very well. And like Datsuk like was known to not give a shit about learning English. I don't know how Mickey was, but it didn't seem like he tried to it wasn't like he was doing Duolingo every time going home. <laughs> I know it sounds silly, but I really believe that those guys would have been if if like if they could speak like fucking Mike Trout and Sidney Crosby, like they would have been just mega stars for Detroit. Yep, great point. And you know, it's like that connection that the the city loved them just because of what they saw of them. But like you said, like even I think of recent memory, like a Matt Stafford and how he connected with the city of Detroit and did a lot of extracurriculars. Again, we're not saying Maggie's a bad guy, but just he wasn't at the level personality wise off the field 
or in the community like some of our other Detroit figures that we've seen. Uh, With that being said, again, unbelievable career. I wish it kind of ended a couple years sooner um, because, again, he fell off these last three or four years pretty bad, uh, especially after the runs he had and what we expected of him. But at the end of the day, um, class act, I don't remember him ever getting mad at the media or not, you know, talking to the media after, um, I remember him being very responsible for when they lost, um, and very humble when they won. So Miggy all time favorite, not maybe favorite, but, uh, end of an era. And it's kind of an underwhelming era, but the end of an era it is. Yeah, and I just thought it was, like, a fucking bummer because this year the AL Central just, like, sucked ass, like, the worst division in sports. Um, And, like, this was a year you could have went 500 and, like, snuck in and, like, we could have lost a wild card game for Miggy at least. But it's too (laughs) bad how it kind of ended with with a train wreck. And I do agree with you, Chandler. It has been tough to, like – kind of watch him struggle through these last years. I mean, it's great. He's hit a couple of dingers, but then you're like, Oh my God, we're still paying him like 30 million. That's absolutely fucking crazy. Um, Another thing I wanted to note about Miggy's career is obviously I love everything he did for the Tigers, but it's kind of funny. Like um, on our like sheet typing up some stuff. I know Chandler, you wrote like, think of some of your favorite, like Miggy moments. And I'm not talking about like him grabbing the second baseman's dick or whatever. Like, I'm like, I, I, I'm talking about like actual like plays, and it's it's crazy. The first like two things I think of are not on the Tigers. Like I can't help it; it's just true. Like two of my favorite plays of Miggy of all time came on the Marlins. Number one is when I forgot who it was, but they tried to walk him, and the guy threw it a little bit too inside, and he just reached across the the plate and like smacked it for a single and drove in two runs. I thought that was, like, the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. And then, even cooler than that, was uh, Roger Clemens, like, throwing at him. um, And then him getting out of the way. And then him fucking whacking the home run off him in the playoffs. Yeah. As, as like, a 22-year-old versus the vet Clemens. That gives me chills. Because that was just, like, the, fuck you, I don't care who you are, I'm Miguel Cabrera. Uh, And he was, like, 20-something, just fucking putting it in the deck on Clemens. Those two are like two of my favorite moments and they came before he was a tiger. Absolutely. And another one too, Frank was his very first career MLB game. He started off with a walk-off home run. Like what a, what a better way to, to, to join the league. Yeah. Versus the Rays in 2003, he blasted a walk-off homer to win the game for him. I mean, mine Mine are a little, one's a little more recent, one's a little further back. Um, I'll never forget when he fought Andrew Romine. I think yes. it was Andrew Romine, the catcher for the Yankees. Brother was on the team. His brother was on the team, exactly. <laughs> so that was a moment that I always remember because you never really saw him lose his cool on the diamond, and that was one of the only times that he did. The other moment, much more recent, Miggy, I believe opening day, hits a home run in the snow, slides into second base, not thinking that it was <laughs> yes. a home run. A total Miguel Cabrera move. But that was when he was kind of playful. We weren't playing for much. And to see that happen, um, just kind of the the whole snapshot of what the Tigers have been for the last six to seven years. 
That was awesome. Great call, Chaney. I completely forgot about that snowball that he whacked on the, a pure <laughs> a pure Michigan opening day. Um, and I would be like, I can't help but say it, and it's like shitty to say, and I hate thinking about it. But like, I do think, I do wonder, like, what if Comerica wasn't the biggest goddamn ballpark in? the MLB like I just wonder like what his those numbers may have looked like if he's playing in fucking Yankee Stadium right you or know like Colorado oh my god yeah I mean fucking it was 420 to center his whole career I mean and the crazy thing was during his peak he was hitting 30 plus home runs every year from right. age 24 to age 30 season he had 30 plus every year including 244 home run seasons I mean like you said, Frank, this isn't today's Comerica. This is old Comerica. This yeah. is different dimensions. This is further back fences. Um, truly special. And when we had him and Prince, I feel like they could have mashed it out of any ballpark at that point in time. And the thing with Miggy, too, is, like, he wasn't, like, a fucking bomb hitter, like, deep ball hitter. Like, he just hit absolute laser beams in the gap, doubles, his home runs like were absolute seeds off of the bat. Like it was out of the park in three seconds, you know? So yep. it was, it was just awesome baseball to watch. And, and, and one of the greatest hitters of all time, no question. Him going oppo was like my favorite thing ever. Cause he just like, if you pitched him outside, he just went with the pitch and it felt so natural. And he would just like hit it late, hit, hit it like back of the swing. And it was just, I loved that. Let's also not forget like how many times he like would blow through a stop sign at third base. Like that was always <laughs> that was always very very funny and like he had like a 30% success rate. <laughs> and it was like, "Ah, he hits 50 dingers." So Oh man. Well, it's um, one of the greatest. Yeah, absolutely. I can't believe I missed the the dinger tonight. I got to get online. I got to post that boy. I yeah, completely missed it. Wasn't watching wasn't watching the Tigers. Weird. Man. You must have been busy tonight if you weren't doing that. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest um, Venezuelan MLB player of all time, or at least hitter of all time. Where do you guys I, put him as top Tiger of all time? Um, Well, it's kind of tough just because, like, my dad thinks, like, Al Kaline, like, you know, like, walked to the moon. For tough the, to like, my, like, right. He's God. Like, Al Kaline is, like, a god in yes. – for my house growing up i never saw him play so i couldn't get eyes on him to like tell you how i feel oh um, you should have seen him he was like, sick yeah right i mean that's how i should feel that's like it's like what my dad says like oh you should have seen fucking k-line um but for me like i tend to i tend to i kind of lean towards verlander as number one a little more um but because miggy played longer and like i don't know more time on the field all that i mean for us i mean he's got to be number one he's got to be number one or two if if i want to put verlander ahead of him other than that i don't even know who's in the convo unless i'm completely blanking on somebody i mean you got to go like old school you like know Alan like Tyler. Tyler. Cobb. yeah right. you know but the crazy but, thing is yeah, though like, like it's literally cop like well, he didn't even yeah. have a number. <laughs> it's insane and it's crazy, but I looked up his stats today just to see. I'm like, dude, why do people think Ty Cobb's the best Tiger ever? The guy had over 4,000 hits. <laughs> I mean, that is insane. He played 22 seasons with the team. So I could see why he could be. And then 
K-Line comes up, Mr. Tiger. I'm like, there's no way he can't be number one for the, the historical Tigers. Because if you're Mr. Tiger and that's your title, like, you have to be the greatest player in franchise history if you have that title. Well, and he was, like, the most lovable guy ever and, like, stuck around the team and all of that. He had, like, a, like he, like, loved Verlander and all that. The one thing that drives me fucking crazy about K-Line is he finished his career with 399 home runs. <laughs> it drives me crazy. He was one short of 400. Just couldn't get to 400. That's wild. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, my, I mean, for me, I, I would say just from guys that, that we grew up with, like, no question, McGrell is, is number one. And number two right behind him is Don Kelly, like, bar none. <laughs> they just can't stop don kelly that's the ultimate utility player the ultimate locker room guy the ultimate glue stop. guy all right stop don kelly. too far <laughs> forgot miggy played third when he first got here remember he got here and uh he took that fucking he took like a line drive right off the eye or whatever it was or did they was that when they moved him back because remember he came here and he was a third baseman and he was playing third base and then i forgot who was at first i don't it might have been sean casey or something like that paul casey then, was it was it no, paul? sean casey sean casey <laughs> it was okay and and then and then the the tigers put together the first dream team we had that ended up starting 0 and 7 and finishing last in the division but that was 2008 and that is when we had to move guillen to first base because we had Renteria at short, and then Miggy went back to third, and that's when he took that. I don't know if you remember, he took that fucking ground ball right oh, off the I eye. Don't, I don't either. The only it was like the first day Miggy went back to first third base, and in training camp he had those he had the big fucking glasses on, and if he didn't, he would have like lost an eye. It was like a bullet right at his fucking glasses. I remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that roster was like bonkers. Like Pudge batted ninth. And then we missed the playoffs. Yeah, I think our it was like it was like Verlander, Pudge, Guillen at first, Renteria at short, uh Miggy was at third. Was our second baseman Polanco? Or Infante. It was like in Infante or Polanco. And then the outfield was Jock Jones. Granderson in center and then Ordonez in right. You got yep. the 08, you got the 08 roster up? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Uh either Jock Jones or Marcus Thames. Thames. Um Curtis Granderson, Maglio, and DH big old Gary Chef. That's right, love we that. had Chef. Yes, I loved Chef. Who was that second? Was awesome. Who was that second? Omar? They or? had uh, Polanco at second, Renteria at short, Guillen yeah. at third, and Miguel at first is what this baseball reference has. Placido okay, was like I'm one t- of my early like favorite Tigers. Dude, slap He was ball great, for dude, days. but w- what size ha- hat did he wear? Oh, my. Eight his head three was fourths? a buzzer. Yes. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> Remember him skipping like around? Peanut. Yes. Yes. (laughs) The good old days. I know. Listen to us. We're like sick. We're like it's been so long. We've sucked ass for years. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It is a shame that Miggy never got a fucking World Series, dude. With such good lineups we had, and and we just we were right there so many times. Man, it would have been nice to give get him one of those bad boys. I know. At least he did get one. Like. 
before us, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. I saw this tweet today that I want to leave us on. Imagine telling 31-year-old Miguel Cabrera a year removed from his second straight MVP season and with the Tigers coming off their fourth straight division title that he'd never make the playoffs again. Jesus Christ. Sad. You wanted 31 to leave years us? old. You wanted to leave us on that. Boy, you're fun. <laughs> Jesus, that sucks, man. That fucking bums me out. I kind of want to... All right, we already got everyone. all the good reminiscing off, Frank. <laughs> One more year. Yeah. 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 If I hear those fucking chants this week, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking lose it, man. Like it's done. Like we're done. It's been it was awesome. We're done. <laughs> all right. Go Tigers. I gotta find that dinger. Um so wait, are they I don't even know. Are we at home right now? Oh yeah, we yes. are. Yes. Yeah. yeah, this is yes. it. Yep. All right. Um, I see next on the list, Channy, you got Ryder Cup here. You wanna you wanna take it? Lead her yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. So um I know we have the Ryder Cup starting this weekend. Um it's gonna be over in Rome, Italy. Obviously the United States taking on Europe. The big storyline is will the United States finally win a Ryder Cup in Europe? The US has not taken a Ryder Cup in Europe since 1992 so there was obviously some controversial picks i think it was 93 um, about i think it was 92 because it was a year off from covid but either nonetheless um um it was was 93 but yeah um so yeah the Ryder cup this year i'm totally (laughs) oh boys oh god all right here we go start, start giggling again yeah so, um, Ryder Cup this year, 2023 in Rome. And uh, again, some controversial picks uh, taken to the United States team. Some people say in politics were in play as opposed to performance. Um, and then you look at the European squad, the line movement is crushing Europe now. Europe started as a huge underdog. They're about even money with the U.S. right now. And you look at Europe's top half, it looks like they are the talented and better team. Lou, what are you thinking about this weekend? I'll be honest with you, dude. Like, top to bottom, I definitely like – I mean, top five, it's it's impossible to argue that Europe doesn't have the heavy hitters – um, but I think from like the scrappy standpoint of like the captain's picks, I feel a lot better about the United States as guys like Spieth, Fowler, Brooks, JT. I know he's played like shit lately, but he actually does play really well in the Ryder Cup every year. He has a, I think he's I think he's worth like six or seven points his last couple times that he was in it. So um, those guys like the competition. So I, and I think Morikawa as well is on that list. So I, I mean, I'm not gonna fucking pick against the U.S. I'm not some cuck. Um, you know, give me the United <laughs> States this week. Um, but it's gonna be tough sledding, man. I mean, it's it's tough to go against Rory, Rom, you know, and Hovland's been hot as shit lately. So it's definitely gonna be some good golf. But I am, uh, I am gonna bet on the United States. And I do like you. Know, I the big thing that I like with the Ryder Cup too is I love four ball. I think that's great for the game. And I love the uh, the alternate shots uh, when they do that. So it makes it entertaining. The Ryder Cup's always fun. It's it's right up there with the Masters for me, to be honest with you. 
Yeah, dude, the, the Ryder Cup rocks. Like, Ryder Cup style rocks. I love doing the Ryder Cup style tournament even when, when we're playing or whatever it is. Like, I think it's I think it's hot. I am a little worried for our U.S. boys. Again, we're not going to pick against them. That's fucking crazy. But uh, JT has been, like, trash this year. Like, okay, he's good traditionally in tournaments. I, I hope this lights a fire up under his ass because I really thought, um, like... I just, I don't know. Like, he was so bad. He, like, played the worst year of his career. Um, so I'm worried about JT. Fowler, obviously, is having a great year. I just hope he can, like, continue that. Like, it's it's one thing to, like, be hot, but now it's like he's with this echelon. Can he keep the consistency going? Is this Wyndham Clark's first Ryder Cup? Yes. So there there's an element as well. Um, and then you kind of look at the other side of things and like Hovland's arguably one of the hottest golfers going right now. Um, he freaks me out a little bit. So I think it's going to be just like tough sledding. Like, I think it's going to be a, a very, if they're able to pull this out and, and win, like it's going to be a gutsy, gutsy W. There, there's a couple like, guys on, on uh, Europe that I didn't even recognize, like Ludwig Adberg and Nikolai yeah. Hogard. Like, I don't, I don't know either of them. Um, yeah, I mean, I I kind of agree with you, Frank, as to what is going to come this weekend. Um, I'm looking at Europe, the European squad with Hovland, Rahm, McElroy, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Um, you look at Tommy Fleetwood. These are some heavy hitters. And then you got a guy like Justin Rose, who's always played well in a Ryder Cup. Um, I think it's going to be an uphill battle for this United States team. Um, I personally think Brooks Kepka is going to star or, or going to shine for us this weekend. I think he's that type of guy that gets fired up in situations like this and has that type of personality where he kind of wants a little bit of conflict or people doubting him to, to step up. So I think that could be our leader this weekend, at least on the course, is Brooks Kepka. But my overall thought and sentiment is it's going to be a big uphill battle, and I think it's going to be very tough for the United States to come out with a victory this weekend. Yeah, I think it'll be awesome if and when they do it, but I, I'm with you. Like, this is this ain't going to be easy. Um, I mean, a couple other just off-field stuff, you know. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm curious, too, of, like, you know, the drama of taking JT and the captain's picks and leaving people off. Like, does that shit affect Americans more? than it does Europeans. I have no idea, but I feel like we have a flair for drama a little more and like just ego and personality. And uh, I wonder if that gets tied up into it at all. I mean, Brooks is saying to the live guys, like, if you want to be in this tournament, just fucking play better. And, you know, there's, right. I mean, Dustin Johnson uh, got left off this year. I mean, he hasn't played well, but I mean, uh, a lot of, a lot of names that probably could have taken that captain spot. And I mean, you know, JT has just been uh, in the dumps this year. So I, I hope this is the spark he needs to, to turn it around, I guess. And the other thing, too, is uh, is Scotty Shuffler. I know he's, you know, number one or number two in the world, but, like, his putter has not been good lately, and he's kind of been a little shaky his last few tournaments. Um, on a big stage like this, like, you have to make putts, right? That's the number one most important thing. Yep. Yep. I agree. So it'll be interesting. It's always fun. Um, it should be fun, and what I like a lot about it, too, is 
Of course, the first round is going to start very early in the morning, one or two. But by the time we get up, we're going to see the second 18. And it kind of gives you action all weekend. Wake up, watch the Ryder Cup, and then roll into either college or NFL in the afternoons. What do we know about uh, the ro- the golf courses in Rome? All I keep seeing are videos of people dropping a ball in the rough and it disappears. That's like, is I, there is there any unique thing about Italian golf that I don't that I don't know? You get a pepperoni after each drive. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, cool. Um, I no, I don't, I don't know shit about Rome golf. Drive. <laughs> <laughs> I really wasn't asking you, Lou. I think you knew that. No, no, that's why I just I answered. <laughs> oh, okay, good, good. Um, yeah, yeah. weather well, looks nice there this weekend, though. I did see that oh, mid eighties, yeah. nice and yeah, there sunny. You go. Jump through that window. Doesn't look too bad. Yeah, I don't think anything's too crazy about this one. But I saw that same clip you probably did, Frank, where they drop the ball and it's like six inch rough, totally swarm. I don't know how these guys hit out of it. No, that's why they give you that pepperoni. That's right. <laughs> You're so upset after a little, snack, a little <laughs> snack from digging in the rough. all right all right let's move on before we start fucking giggling our wednesday night giggles man uh it's like too late all right we're gonna break this thing up uh break up the show we're gonna break up the sports here so right in the middle we're gonna actually do our snake draft we normally save this silly shit for the end but we're gonna do our snake draft right in the middle then we're gonna do nfl lions give you your our betting picks over under and then we're gonna get the hell out of here um so let's do a snake draft. Chani came up with this one. I thought it was pretty good, pretty topical. We are right on the cusp of October, which, in my opinion, is the best month of the year. I don't care if that sounds basic. I don't give a shit. The sports are the best. The weather's the best. Love spooky season. I'm a big fall guy. October is my favorite month. So the snake draft we will be doing uh, is pumpkin-flavored anything. What's the best way to consume pumpkin? Um, so let me get the wheel going. Of course. Uh, of course. Yep. The wheel. Wheel randomizer. Yep. Oh, man. What's it look like today? Well, let's see. I got to see. Oh, yeah. Here's that new one again. It's going to have that crazy jingle. That, that, uh, oh, what'd you call man. it? What'd you call it, Pizzo? Uh, like winning a mini game. Mario mini games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let me get the names in here. All right. So first pick, spinner. First pick. You guys hear it or no? Yeah, I can. No, no I can't. can't hear the wheel. Oh, damn! It's just in my headphones. You guys don't get it. I'm dancing to the song. You guys can't hear. Um, I get first pick. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I want the corner. I want three, four. Okay. Uh, I get one, and let's see who gets two. It's spinning. Click, 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 click. This one spins way too long. Sorry, no sound for the viewers, but it's electric. God, that jingle's great. That might be the intro music this week, since we still don't have a consistent jingle. Last year, we went with like some country western song. Have you hit um, up Little Wayne yet? No, no, he's <laughs> he's gonna sue me, sue us for all the hundred episodes before this, though. Sue Jerry. All right, Chandler gets yeah, Chandler gets second pick. Pizzo gets third. Okay. All right. So number one overall pick. This is pretty simple. I think this probably would have been everyone's pick. Well, maybe not. I don't fucking know. I think the best way to consume pumpkin-flavored things is the traditional, the go-to, the best pie there is, and that's pumpkin pie. 
Uh, love pumpkin pie, no matter what the season is. It's my favorite pie that's out there. Doesn't have to be October. Sm- fucking lather it in whipped cream. Cool whip. Pumpkin. Cool. cool. I'm more of a whipped cream guy, but I'll take cool whip all day. I got no beef. Um, Good. Love fucking pumpkin pie. Calm down. It's not your fucking turn. Pumpkin pie. <laughs> pumpkin pie, number one. Goated pumpkin item. Everything pumpkin else pie. made First after good pumpkin pick you pie. Had, Frank. Good job. Okay. Yeah. Ever? Like ever? <laughs> yep. Whatever, dude. I don't give a shit. All right. Me with number two. So I'm gonna go to my favorite dessert at Thanksgiving. It's pretty close to pumpkin pie, but it's a little bit better. And I'm gonna go at number two with pumpkin cheesecake. You motherfucker. Pumpkin cheesecake wow. is awesome. I'm a huge cheesecake guy. Arguably first, maybe second favorite dessert and you mix that with pumpkin this time of year the graham cracker hits hard it tastes great my grandma makes the best pumpkin cheesecake pumpkin cheesecake number two overall wow great pick Your grandma makes bomb pumpkin cheesecake she does she makes it every year for uh for uh thanksgiving damn dude i, I want dude have her make us one. Eat it on the, <laughs> let's do that for snack time as opposed to like eating gas station garbage. <laughs> Salami chips. Dude. Yucky. Yeah. I mean, hey, I mean, the first one wasn't bad. I mean, they weren't like, damn, but they were like, they were, you know, they were all right. Um, all right. She's frantically Googling what. I, Chandler just took mine. Like, you can fucking hear yourself fucking banging the keyboard. I had pumpkin pie and you need, need cheesecake. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm ready. I actually forgot about this one. So my number three overall, give me, it's another dessert item, the pumpkin roll. Have you guys ever had those? Yes. They have the cream oh, cheese like wrapped Good in pick. the middle. Good pick. Yeah, they're bomb. They're bomb. Dude, I've never, I've never heard Dude, of them. My aunt actually makes them for Thanksgiving all the time. They're incredible. Ooh, they are really good. It's like a ho ho, but with pumpkin and no hard shell. Yep, a great way to describe it. Yeah, it's like dusted in powdered sugar. Yeah, this looks yeah. good. Yeah, and then all right, I wow. got the back to back recovery. Right? Yeah. yeah, you do On have the back to back. I don't care how basic <laughs> bitch it is. Give me the pumpkin spice latte, my boy. Yum. Oh, my God. No, I'm going to salute that. I'm going to salute that. I almost took it number one overall. Wow. I love a fucking I love a fucking PSL, bro. Mm. Dude, they're so good. They're good. I'm not trying to be a hardo, but I never, I never really had one, to be honest. I mean, they they're taste good. good. It's one of those things that you can only have, like, one of them, though. And then you're like, all right. Okay. Yeah. For me, anyway. Yeah. But they're good. I mean, gotcha. you don't need to crush two lattes, <laughs> you know. You used to bomb right. them. I'm not, I'm not going to be basic. I'm going with the heavy hitter. We're going back to dessert. We're going back to what the special is at the custard spot in Utica for the next four weeks. Give me pumpkin custard at number five overall. Pumpkin custard is great. I heard rumors... May be true, may not be true, but I heard rumors that you might be able to get a twist at Custard Spot, half vanilla, half pumpkin. If you can, I will be going daily slash weekly. That sounds unreal. That sounds awesome. Um, yes. So I, do, I need to know if I'm going to get called on a technicality here, though. You will. 
Say it I, because I know what you're going to say. I was going to say pumpkin ice cream, which is, Ooh. I mean, it's different. There's, there's custard, different. but there's pumpkin ice cream that like Briars makes or something every year. And my mom brought this home like Halloween circa 97. And I ate the whole fucking tub. I thought it was the best thing I ever had. Again, mix it with whipped cream, throw some vanilla in there. The shit rocks. Pumpkin ice cream seems a little intimidating. Give it a shot. Totally worth it for this time of year. Pumpkin ice cream. Pumpkin ice cream, all okay. right. And then you get the pick coming back around, Frank. Yep. Let me see what I got here. All right. <sighs> You know, like, I got my list here, and I would say, like, I want to say, like, donut. But I don't eat enough pumpkin donuts. Like, I think I would just be saying that because the idea sounds good to me. I couldn't tell you last time I had a pumpkin donut. Something I have been eating over the last few weeks, uh, and this is probably not that great of a pick, but I actually eat it, and I like it. I'm going to say pumpkin yogurt. Pumpkin yogurt. Pretty good. Not bad. Chiobani pumpkin yogurt. <laughs> never heard of it. Me neither. I've never seen that. Don't want to either. Pumpkin yogurt. That's a new one. Yeah. Gotcha. Pumpkin yogurt. Right, so Frank's eating his pumpkin yogurt with his pumpkin spice latte and getting he after it. He got the latte. Yeah. He got the latte dipshit. Follow along. I know he did, but you're like, I love those. I do love them. <laughs> I do fucking love them. You're up, custard. Yeah, I am. And I'm gonna big brain both of you because I think everyone's overlooking just, this. You bite right into it's a, pumpkin, a different you fucking weirdo. part of the pumpkin. I am gonna go with at number eight overall, the pumpkin seeds. God damn it, Chandler. Salt them up, put them in the oven, throw butter on them, and let them cook. Pumpkin seeds are awesome. I always have them around this time of year always handy they're kind of like pistachios in our house you just leave them out and you eat them at any given time i'll go with the pumpkin seed with the steel of the draft at number actually, eight like do you actually like them like do you actually like yes. them? like i think they're like they like exist and i will eat them and i'm like oh great got the seeds chew them spit them fine done with them never think of them again like i don't like ever like ooh, can't wait to get my Mouth on some seeds. I love pumpkin seeds. Yeah, I make them whenever I, I do jack lanterns. I I whip them up and just kind of do the same thing you guys do. Just leave them out and go by and toss them in whenever you go by the the bowl. That's right. <clears throat> All right. All right. Um. Well, Chandler, you did steal mine twice. Now, um. <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't know how many fucking more yeah. ways there are to eat pumpkin. So I'm gonna. That's how I ended up on yogurt, man. I'm gonna go with um. Grilled. Grilled pumpkin. <laughs> you ever pop open that charbroil and such a fucking liar. sip it no, up dude. there? You, dude. You've never done that. Oh, I, you dude, have you never don't grill done pumpkin? That. No, man, and neither do you, you fucking liar. You grill a little pumpkin and you mix it with your fish? Yeah, yeah. Now you're just off the rails, All right, dude. hey. Grilled pumpkin number nine. <laughs> no one has grilled. No. Hey, this fall, your favorite month of the year, Frank, why don't you pop the grill open and put a little yeah, okay. piece of pumpkin on there, slap a little piece of fish on top, and you let me know how that I comes thought you're, up. Yeah, I was waiting for you to be like, oh, yeah, my, my fucking <laughs> uncle does it every year for Thanksgiving. <laughs> my aunt makes the lattes, and he makes he grills the pumpkin. Grilled All pumpkin. Right, well, 
We had number one, pumpkin pie. Number two, cheesecake. Number three, roll. Number six, ice cream. Number five, custard. Number four, oh, I went the wrong way. I fucked that all up. <laughs> My team is pumpkin pie, pumpkin ice cream, pumpkin yogurt. Chandler's is pumpkin cheesecake, pumpkin custard, pumpkin seeds. Pizzo has a roll, a latte, and good old-fashioned grilled pumpkin. <laughs> You fucking liar. Let the boys eat. Jesus, I've never heard you bang the keyboard louder than after Chandler's first two picks. Or first pick, or the first two picks. Just fucking. Unreal. All right, well, that was that was a fucking mess. I see why we do that at the end now. Um, all right, moving right along. Let's get into the fucking NFL. After a full helping of pumpkin shit. Uh... Looking ahead, week four, Detroit Lions head into not quite the Arctic Tundra yet, but Lambeau Field. Uh, we are two and one, as are they. Huge game, monster game, line currently sitting at one and a half in favor of the Lions. How are we feeling heading in to Lambeau week four, pivotal week? You're either 500 or you're two games above. Good. I mean, dude, I, I, I feel good. Of course I feel good. After that beatdown Atlanta took, the biggest worry to me is the offensive line. I know Decker is playing, um, but we're just we're just banged up on the line. I, I think that uh, Green Bay is banged up on their offensive line as well, though, which is going to vogue well for our defensive line, our pass rush, which has looked good. Hutchinson, uh, he took down the NFC Defensive Player of the Week last week, two sacks. I think the boys are going to come to play. It's a rivalry game. We played great in Lambeau last year. The Packers haven't beaten us in the last two seasons. This will be our fourth straight win against Green Bay. I think that we're going to come to play ball. Let me let me just add to that real quick, Pete. That was 737 days since the Green Bay Packers have beaten the Detroit Lions. Do with that information what you will, but that is a very long fucking time for the Lions or for Green Bay to not have beaten Detroit. Yeah, that's like unheard of before that. Yes. Tides are turning. Tides are turning, which is a good sign. Um, to be honest, I'm feeling a little hesitant about the game tomorrow. We're coming on a short week. Uh, we got a couple guys coming back from injury. Montgomery, Decker, sounds like Joseph could give it a go tomorrow or tonight as well. Um, you know, I'm a little nervous, though, because this line opened up at a field goal. It's down to one and a half. I feel like more people are on the Lions, too, so that makes me a little nervous. One thing that kind of settles me down, Jared Goff, 10-2 and two against the spread versus the NFC North um, as a Lion. So he's played very well against inner division opponents. Um, I'll be interested to see Green Bay's guys that are coming back too. Sounds like Christian Watson should be playing. Sounds like Aaron Jones could be playing. I mean, we just have no idea how these guys that are coming off injury are going to perform and how healthy they actually are. Um, but uh, just to sum it up, like I started it, I'm a little hesitant about the game um, going to Lambeau on a short week. Yeah, from if you're looking at Team A, Team B, uh, and you look at the two lines, I'm nervous. But you look at the actual teams, which we're obviously doing, this game to me for the Detroit Lions 
Uh, you absolutely have to win this game. Uh, I know that sounds crazy. I, I know, like, we kind of say that every week. But this one, I really believe if you want to make this statement that you guys are the kings of the fucking North, you have to kill the old kings of the North. And, yes, they haven't beat us in 737 days. But that doesn't mean dick. We haven't played a playoff game. We haven't won the division. We haven't won fuck besides beating them during the season while they go and play in the playoffs. So it means literally nothing. That win last year was great. We can feel good about it. We went home and went to bed and watched the playoffs after that. This is the game you have to win to prove that you are the new fucking team to beat in the North. You lose tomorrow, it's still up for grabs. Green Bay is still that team in the division, even though it may not look like it. We have to go into Lambeau, and we have to beat Green Bay this Thursday on national television. We're going to be the only fucking team on millions of viewers to show everyone that we are the team to beat in the fucking North. You got to do it. Green Bay is gunning for us. They sat Jones. They sat Watson. Maybe not sat him, but they they didn't push him to go. Now they're coming back for this game. They're both going to play. I have no doubt in my fucking mind. They got their number one back now, their number one wide, wide receiver, and that is to beat us because we are the number one team in the division right now. So you got to go in there and you got to show the world that the, the division is actually ours. And if they go in there and they fucking lay an egg, it's, it's just like same old shit. Like we're not ready to take it yet. So that's how I feel that this game is so big. And then, you know, by four, you know, the four game is always a big swing because you're either two and two or three and one. And that is just a colossal swing in your record. For sure. I mean, you know what, though? The one thing that makes me feel good about this, too, is you look at the last three games that Green Bay has played. They played at Chicago, where they won 38-20, to probably the worst team in the NFL. They went at they went to Atlanta and squeaked out a win by one point, who we just prison stomped. And then they came back last week against New Orleans and scored 18 points in the fourth quarter to come back and win that game by one. So with a two point conversion, right? Exactly. So to me, you know, I just feel like they haven't been tested at all. We've at least played some pretty solid teams in Kansas city, Seattle, Atlanta's probably not going to be great, but we went to Kansas city. We battled it out. We only gave up 20 points to Patrick Mahomes mind with no Kelsey, but regardless 20 points against Kansas city is good. Any day in my book, I think we're going to come on the road and we're going to get it done. I think green Bay is an overrated team. They haven't been tested um look for them to finish low in the north fucking love it i mean this is an absolute stranglehold on the division if we win this game you now have the current tiebreaker against green bay up a game on them and you have two winless teams going into week four in your division you are in the driver's seat and clear by a car length if you can beat the packers in green bay this week I'm I'm just going to say this right now. That's our only threat in this division. I know it's only three weeks in. The Bears are done. The Bears are done. And I think the Vikings are, the the wheels are falling off the Vikings. They have no defense. Um, I don't know if Kirk Cousins will be there the whole duration of the season. It goes through Detroit. And if it doesn't go through Detroit, it goes through Green Bay. If we win this week, I don't see us giving up the division the rest of the year. Yeah, I think it's a huge pivotal game. I think it's an absolutely pivotal game because if you lose tomorrow or today, wherever you're listening, uh, you crack that door open. I mean, you you fucking crack that door open for Green Bay. 
you give them new life. I think for for us, like, man, if that pass rush can cook like it did versus Atlanta, if you can make Jordan Love just fucking uncomfortable, uh, if Aiden Hutchinson can do his thing and uh, we can get that pressure, that's where we're going to win this game. Jordan Love's still young. He hasn't started a lot of games. Um, I mean, fuck, we watched last year. Golf plays well in Green Bay. Golf plays well on the road, man, in, his white, in the white uni. But, uh, yeah. I agree. We have to get that pressure up on love. And I think it'll be a good game. And the thing is too, is like we play green Bay and Chicago earlier in the year. Like the Vikings might be cooked by the time we even start playing them in the divisional game. So like, if we can capture these games early, I think like you were saying Chandler, I think Minnesota's fried and Kurt might be gone before the end of the season's even over. We could see him as a New York jet for all we know. Um, So, I mean, we might be playing Minnesota's backups by the time we get there and, and just waltzing to the NFC North championship. I will, I, you know, we, we've was... got a big game in front of us, so I don't want to get too far ahead of us. But, hey, that's why we're here, too, is to entertain everybody, too. So let's just hypothetically say, and I think we all think we're going to beat Green Bay, we play Green Bay, we play at home against Carolina, and then we go on the road to Tampa Bay. Those are our next three games. So, again, Green Bay is the biggest and I think the toughest out of those three. If you win Green Bay, look what else you have in front of you these next couple weeks to then really stack up because guess what happens after the Tampa Bay game? We get a big piece inserted back into the lineup for the duration of the season, hopefully. Yeah, and it's... It's really hard not to just keep looking at the whole schedule, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that Ravens game, I think will be tough, but then you get like the Raiders at home, Chargers, tough game. Then it's like Bears and Packers again, Saints, Bears, Broncos, then Vikings twice. It's kind of nuts. It is kind of wild to me. There's really, it really there's, is. there's, there's three, there's four, maybe four, three for sure. Tough games. You got at Baltimore at mm-hmm. Chargers at Dallas. Mm-hmm. And if you want to argue at New Orleans. Yep, I'm with you. You know. Yeah, Bears twice, Mini twice, Broncos. All right, calm down. Me, I'm talking to myself. Jesus. All right. Yeah, we got to beat Green Bay. Got to beat Green Bay. Um, Big time. And Predictions? Yeah, yeah, we need some some predickies. Who's up? Who's got one? That one got one ready to go? I go. Okay. I got Lions in a tight one tomorrow. Uh, I think it's going to come down to a lot of what Frank was saying with a defensive pressure and a defensive stop late. Give me our Lions 20, Green Bay 17. Okay, I like it, I like it. I think we're going to score some points tomorrow. It looks like it's going to be a nice night in Lambeau. Laporta is plus 250 anytime touchdown. The guy's hot as fuck. You might as well ride that for two and a half to one. Um, give me the Lions 28 and the Packers 14. Okay, 28-14. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go something like weird here. Probably not a scoregami, but I'm gonna do something like that. I've been hunting for one of these. I'm gonna say Lions 19, Green Bay 11. Origami. 19 to 11. Yeah, weird one. Um, look for Jameer Gibbs to score a touchdown. <laughs> Give it up, man. <laughs> no, no. It's going to fucking hit, and I'm taking him anytime, and I'm taking him first. I don't give a shit. I have to. 
I'm on this I mission it. now. I respect the ride, dude. There's nothing I can do. I respect. There's nothing I can do. <laughs> I'm not missing hit the anytime tug bet with him. I'm not. I'm just not going to do it because when he does it and I miss it, I'm going to be so pissed off. So I got <laughs> I got a sludge match on Thursday night football in Lambeau, 1911. I like it. Old Weird sludge score. match. Yeah. All right. So we got the Lions covering the one and a half. Um any before we do our picks of the week, does anyone have any notes about around the NFL and things to look forward to um, for Week Four? Um, I think the the uh, go ahead, Frank. Or the obvious one that I have for this week is Miami and Buffalo, um, two of the top three teams, arguably in the AFC right now. Um, high-powered offenses on both sides. Miami's look like the best team in the league, maybe outside of San Francisco this year. So I think that's something I'm looking forward to um, is Miami going to Buffalo this week and seeing how that game plays out. Um, I, I think that's a great pick. I'm going to go the complete opposite end of the spectrum, if you, if you boys uh, will. And I'm looking, I'm looking at a game at Soldier Field oh, dude. <laughs> between the Denver Broncos and the Chicago Bears because I don't know if I've seen two teams collide <laughs> during their collective train wrecks like at once have to play each other. Um, the jokes write themselves. I'm sure everyone's seen every tweet that is out there, but oh my god, the Broncos just gave up 70 fucking points, 70 Madden football video game type stuff and they go in to chicago as three and a half point favorites over the bears that is unprecedented that is unheard of that is incredible they get a hook they have a hook they're three and a half point favorites going into soldier field versus the bears after giving up 70 you taking them i i'm looking at the bears i mean you have yeah i am like I don't know if I have to. I might just watch that game and laugh. But I definitely am tempted by the Bears. But I feel like any bet on that game is just like I'm asking to embarrass myself. If you have red zone on, you won't see one snap of that game, I can assure you. Because neither of those teams are going to be in the fucking red zone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you'll get like... You'll get, like, muffed punts and shit like that. Oh, my God. I guess the, the highlight game I would look at outside of those two that you guys said is is a, a good AFC North matchup and uh, Baltimore playing, traveling over to Cleveland. That should be a good game. Smash mouth football, slug off. I know they, they're missing Chubb, but uh, Do- Dobbins is out for Ravens. Both those teams have been playing pretty solid. I think, um, I think this, like, this – podcast like us three and maybe maybe just like lions we just like love the afc north yeah like, there's nothing not to love oh love, yeah we just good balls <laughs> yeah. best division by far besides channy's really fraud bangles like... uh he won his he covered last I week i know covered last week and i said the the browns were going to win the playoffs before the year or make the playoffs before the year channy fraud all right channy <laughs> fraud that's all there is to it <laughs> jury's out um all right cool so let's do let's do some picks let's do some picks chan you got anything lined up yeah i got something lined up so it's the game that i highlighted we are going to buffalo new york where the buffalo bills fate host the three and oh and the highly highly publicized dolphins 
this week. So Bills, 2-1, and one, laying three points to the Dolphins, who just scored the second most points in NFL history. Everyone loves the Dolphins right now. If that were the case and they were going to win, why would they be getting points? Why? Because Vegas wants you to take the Dolphins. This is a total trap. The Bills are ready. The Bills have played phenomenal defense all year. By my count, they've only given up one touchdown on defense, one touchdown on special teams. They're going to have a plan for Tua how to stop them this week. The Dolphins, if you look on their end, they've played somewhat of a weak schedule to start the season off. The Broncos, the Chargers, are you kidding me? These aren't great teams. Buffalo's a different atmosphere. Buffalo's a veteran team. Buffalo has the players who know how to play in big games, and I'm just not sure this Dolphins team collectively is there yet. Give me the Buffalo Bills at home, minus three, hosting the Miami Dolphins. Good logic, good logic. I was definitely getting hooked the other way. I'm on them Finns this year. I got them winning that division. Yeah, you're a Finn guy, huge Finn guy. I have been a Finn guy this year. I'm on the Finns. <clears throat> um, all right, Lou, you, you got one? I do, I do. So I'm looking down over in, uh, in in Carolina here, boys. I think that Minnesota is finally going to get it done this week. They are due. They've been playing a couple tough teams. Uh, I believe they're minus four on the road yep. at Carolina. I think that they handle the Panthers. I think the Panthers stink overall as a team. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Bryce Young stinks. I think that they win by at least a touchdown, if not more. Give me the Vikings minus four. Okay. Okay. Um, I got to say, and this is always a dangerous thing. I love the board this week. Absolutely love it. I think there's a lot out there that's good for the taking. I need a bounce back week. Been a rough first three weeks for me. Week four is when we're turning the tide. And I'm going to do it with the team. I'm going to go back to the team that betrayed me last week in my big parlay. I'm going to Jerry World, where the Dallas Cowboys host the New England Patriots. The Dallas Cowboys got embarrassed last week. That defense didn't feel good. Dak was all out of sorts. They need to get right. And who better to get right against than the New England Patriots, who have no offense to speak of, and there is no way they'll be able to run a track meet or hold a defensive game against Dallas on the road. I think Dallas comes out and they beat the shit out of New England, effectively burying their season and getting back on track. Give me the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry World over New England, minus six and a half. All right. Okay. Zeke's Zeke's return this weekend. Yeah, uh, like, that no one cares about. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple big revenge games this weekend. Thielen playing against the Vikings. Zeke against Dallas. Ridley against Atlanta. Um I think that's a good three anytime touchdown score parlay, but I, I will step back and I will take another game and I'm going to go into the division that we all love the game that Pizzo highlighted, which is Baltimore at Cleveland. The Cleveland defense has given up 21 first downs this year. The second, the defense that's given up the second least first downs, 41, the Buffalo Bills. They have given up half of what the second team in the league has done. They've given up zero defensive touchdowns this year. 
They've only lost because their offense has turned the ball over. The Browns are for real. Jim Schwartz's defense is the best in the league, and the Ravens are banged up going into this game. Give me Cleveland on the banks of Erie, minus two and a half this weekend at home against the Ravens. Ooh. I feel like it's a trap. Okay. I don't know, Channy. I'm worried about it. Two favorites for you, unlike you. All right, Channy. All favorites so far, boys. All favorites. I know. And I might be keeping the train going, buddy boy. <laughs> oh, we know. You got no You got no dog. Um, so let's go visit a team that was very hot last week. Just upset one of the teams that we thought was going to be pretty good this year in your Jacksonville Jaguars, the Houston Texans. Probably had their best game of the season. Pittsburgh may be coming off their best game of the season as well on, what was that, Sunday night, Monday night. Um, give me the Pittsburgh Steelers minus three. I think TJ Watt and the Steelers defense is just going to be too much for the Texans to handle. I don't think they're going to score enough points. I think that the Steelers are going to drive. It looks like their offense was starting to click a little bit against Vegas. Um, give me the Steelers to cover minus three. All right. All right, we got all favorites. All Go favorites right now. Don't worry. Hank is not the only dog on this team. Hank will be picking Sunday night on Sunday. I am going to get a dog in this mix here today. It's not a huge dog. It's not a crazy dog, but it's a dog that I like. I am going to go against my theory of a West Coast team playing at 1 o'clock, and I'm going to take the Los Angeles Rams heading into Lucas Oil Stadium. I feel last week the Ravens, uh, the Colts beating the Ravens was an absolute fluke for the Colts. I don't think that they're going to put together many more games like that or beat good teams. And I just believe the Rams, while not good, are better than what everyone kind of thought they would be. And they've been in pretty much every game this year. They beat Seattle on the road. Tough thing to do. They hung with the Bengals uh, last week. And then uh, they only lost by a touchdown to San Fran in a game that everyone thought they were going to get absolutely pounded in. So... Them going into Lucas Oil as one and a half dogs. I'm going to take that one and a half with Stafford and the Rams. All right, all um, right. It's uh, so you weren't <laughs> gonna you weren't gonna do an all favorite week with us, Frank. So no. we couldn't put the sheep emoji up. Nope, I couldn't do it. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think if there was any favorite I liked. I mean, I don't mind Philly. Uh, I don't mind the Bengals. But no, I mean, fuck San Fran at 14. What, like, what do you guys like? So like just discussing a line. So San Fran at home hosting the Cardinals is 14 point favorites. What do you do there? I mean, because I think the Cardinals are not as San bad. Fran. Yeah, I don't think they are either, but I think head. San Fran's really so good. Do I. <laughs> yeah, the other same. game too that you I was know. looking at, I know it's Hank's game, but I think the Chiefs are going to absolutely fucking throttle the Jets. That locker room does not give a fuck. They are like, why the fuck are we still going with Z Wilson? Um, Pizzo, I actually had that written down, and then I had to check the time and said, ah, oh, that's Hank's yeah, game. I did, the, I did the same thing. Are you going to actually give them two bowls, Frank, or are you just going to put the Chiefs under bowl? <laughs> well, yeah, right. right. I know. Um, 
I know. I seriously should because I don't want the dog to pick wrong. He's three and zero. But if you yeah, but he might break he it. Picks the you know, gotta let him ride. If he picks the Jets and they cover, I, I mean, he's fucking secretary. He's, he's, he's for real. real. Yeah, yes. he's for real. Yes. yes, yes. This is actually Hank's biggest week. One hundred percent. If he picks the Jets and the Jets take it, that would be incredible it's work. Or it's not over. It's just getting started. Yeah. yeah. Bigger week. Lions or Hank? They're both pretty big, man. Pretty big. I love my dog. All right. Good shit. Uh, do we have anything else or we just got over-under? I think that's it. Over-under. All right. Jerry sent the list today. It's getting to over-under. Let me find it. Find it. Still looking. Still looking. Found Finding it. it. All right. Jerry, our C CFO, our over-under guy, has sent me the list for our over-under this week. We'll go in reverse order. I had first pick in the snake draft. We'll start with Pizzo, LGRW, Go Hornies now 10 and 2. Wow. 10 and 2. Hornies are a they are a fucking joke. Hornies. All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, ice cold brew Lou. Science over <laughs> or underrated? Oh man, science. I was always a math guy, so I'm gonna go. Science. <laughs> um, no, I actually, you know what? Um, science is underrated. Pretty important. Saves a lot of lives. Um, you know, does a lot of good things for us. Go science over our underrated. Uh, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go next. Never interested in science. It's just not my thing. Um, I'm not going to elaborate too much on it. I just not interested in science whatsoever. <laughs> Overrated. <laughs> I always thought science is pretty interesting. Pretty cool stuff with science. A lot of chemical changes. You know, when you're grilling pumpkin, that's a state change. You know, there's a lot of science involved in cooking. You got to use it for a lot of shit. Science is pretty dope. I was pretty into physics when I was into science. I'm going to say science underrated. Underrated on science. Slow start. Yeah, Jerry, good one. There, Jerry. Thanks. Number two, Channy football. Colorado football. Over or underrated? So, <clears throat> I am going to say Colorado football is overrated. Now, Deion Sanders and what he's going to build is underrated, but Colorado football right now is overrated. Everyone's riding them too much. Everyone thinks they're better than they are. They were a one-win team last year. They'd be happy to w get into a bowl this year. They're not a national title contender. They're not a top 25 team, and that's okay. They could be in the next couple years. Overrated. I'm pretty much with you lockstep there. They The hype trend that they have gotten is nauseating. Um, it's too much. It's too crazy. It's too big. But on the other side of that coin, I get it. It's fucking Deion Sanders. It's one of the biggest names in football. It's one of the loudest and flashiest names in football. What he's done with Colorado, he shook up the system. He shook. He found holes and utilized what college football gave him. People are mad about it. People don't like it. He's being what prime time is there's things i like about it there's things i don't like about it that oregon video that came out was pretty much everything i hate about what he's doing there um but what he's doing for that program is like you said underrated but the media circus around this thing 
absolutely Colorado is an overrated team, and Oregon fucking proved that last week and just pounded the shit out of them. Long way to go. Overrated Colorado football. Yeah, no, I'm with you guys. Uh, what what Dion's doing for the NCAA and that team is is underrated for sure. But Colorado football right now, there ain't a more overrated team in the NCAA. Overrated. All right, number three on the list. It's me, the movie Shrek. <laughs> the movie Shrek. Remember uh, our Crocs we yes. saw, uh, Lou? That was fucking wild. <laughs> Guy had uh, Shrek Crocs at the tailgate. <laughs> they were the wildest things I've ever seen. At the fucking ears poking Big out. Nose. Um, Shrek is an underrated kids movie. That movie is laugh out loud funny, no matter what age you are. I remember seeing it in theaters, whatever year it came out. Um, Donkey, a plus fucking character. It is probably DreamWorks best animated film of all time uh shrek is very funny very timeless um my favorite scene is when they get to like Duloc and it does that little song and they took the picture of donkey very funny stuff underrated shrek it's, it's me i'm yeah. with you dude one of my favorite animated movies if not the best animated movie ever made it still has that like adult dirty like inside jokes in it it's it's fucking hilarious, dude. A great movie. Underrated. Yeah, I think it's a classic. I mean, 20 years later, you can still recite Shrek. Um, it's still relevant. Um, Shrek was great when it came out, and it's been timeless. Uh, Shrek is underrated. Very Can't forget funny. about the Just soundtrack, so too. The whole soundtrack on it rocks. Just a great flick. Yeah. R.I.P. R. to Smash Mouth Lead Yeah, Singer. that's true. Legend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of singing, or lack thereof, number four, uh, Britney Spears. Britney Spears, Chaney Football. All right, I'll take this one. So Britney Spears is overrated. And what do I mean by that is I don't care that she's in the news anymore. I don't care that she's doing her videos where she's dancing or doing her thing. Leave her alone. I don't want to hear about her. And I don't really care what she's doing in her personal life, but she's not doing anything for me or to be in the spotlight right now that's newsworthy. Overrated. Is it me? Oh, how do whatever. Uh, Britney Spears. Uh, I'm just going to show some respect. I kind of feel bad for her at this point. Um, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't. I, the conspiracy theories on her are just out of control but for what she is as an american icon uh especially for the years she was coming up and us growing up she's she's a legend always no matter how weird she gets i'm gonna say britney spears is underrated do i like anything she's doing right now no do i think the media has always fucking been so up her ass it's made her an absolute nut job yes south park does a whole episode on it uh where she like blows her head off and like lives and the paparazzi still messing with her uh go watch that one it's very funny but it's also very like sad about how paparazzi treats these celebrities so i will say britney spears underrated it's crazy to see how the mighty have fallen she was an absolute fucking jug might i add <laughs> when we were growing up like 
I mean, she she had every banger you can think of. Um, to see how far the mighty have fallen is sad. Right now, I if I never see another video of her again, I would die happy. Overrated. Fair enough. Number five on the list. I don't know who's up. Help me out. I think I it's just me. Just get lost in the sauce. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, number five. Cornbread. 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 Lil. Cornbread. I love cornbread. Cornbread is underrated. It has to be made right, though. I have had some dry cornbread where you're just, like, mucking the shit out of your mouth. Um, that cornbread is definitely overrated. However, cornbread as a whole, great with barbecue, obviously. Uh, you can make a nice little sandwich with it if you put whipped cream and ice cream in it, too. I don't know if you guys have ever done that. Think about it. Um, go a little dessert style. Throw it on the grill for you, Frank. Um, it's good. <laughs> Cornbread is underrated. Wow. Wow. Okay. I'm not that big of a cornbread guy. Just give me a roll. Give me some regular bread. I'm not a huge cornbread guy, much like you, Lou, or like you alluded to. I think a lot of times it comes out a little too dry. Um, So I'm going to say cornbread is overrated. Just give me a piece of bread. No, I like cornbread. Cornbread's good. Cornbread's soul food. Cornbread makes you feel right. Uh, but I agree. If it's too dry, it stinks. But, you know, if you get the good stuff, cornbread rocks. Sweets, tasty. It's a change up. Don't get it all the time. It's like a little treat. Cornbread, baby. That was it. We're going to end on cornbread. Uh, thank you all for listening to episode 118 of The Fizz. Big Lions game this evening. If you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please write a review, rate this five stars, and then forward this on to one of your friends. Just hit that share button. Say, I listened to the Fizz today. You you should listen to these idiots. Uh, That's how we grow. That's how we make this thing bigger. So we do appreciate you guys. Also, we're going to get mailbag going again. So if anybody's listening this late in the episode, don't forget to shoot me a DM or send an email to info at champagneathletics.com. I'll put it on my story this week, but we want to get mailbag going. We want to answer your guys' questions uh, that you send to us. So we'll get you guys involved a little more, uh, but we appreciate you guys listening, supporting, following, all the above, and we will see you next week. Go Lions, baby. All right, everybody, have a great week. Go Lions. Thank you, Miggy. Go Lions, baby. Let's fucking get it. See ya.